to the British Chamber of Commerce in Taipei's podcast, hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters. This week, we've got a two-for-one deal. We've got uh, Florian Rustler and Jimbo Clark, two innovative trainers. Uh, Jimbo founded Innograte in 2007 to help clients. He has worked in the HR area for a very long time, longer than he probably wants to admit. Florian is the founder of CreEffective, which is based in Germany and Asia, and is also a consultant as well as a best-selling author. One of his books called Future Fit, which I think is a fantastically apt title. I've been lucky enough to work with both of them on some workshops um, that we've run for the British Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, and today I'm just looking forward to hearing their perspectives on the future of work and their own leadership styles. Welcome, Florian. Welcome, Jimbo. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you for having us. So it's going to be interesting today because normally we have a one-on-one uh, conversation. So I'm, I'm going to address you and use your names as we go through it, just to make it easier for us to connect. Maybe I'll ask you, Florian, as well. You've been in Taiwan now for a reasonably short period of time, uh, for your second trip out here. But yes, I just wondered if uh, you had kind of certain processes as a leader when you're going through your day. This world, We talk to everyone and we ask them kind of, how do you process your mornings to get you into that kind of achievement mode? Um, I'm hope I, I hope I uh, doesn't sound disappointing, but I don't really have a lot of routines in the morning. Um, just something very basic. So I, I try to get up and do a, a, just a little bit of stretching and exercise to basically wake my body up. It's uh, it, it's breakfast, uh, taking care of my son, going to school if he can go, which apparently at the moment he cannot. And then, which might touch upon a later topic, I mostly, if I'm not at the client, I'm working from home. So being here in my studio, and then I'm pretty quickly, whenever I, I start sometime after breakfast, then I'm, I'm in my studio and, and start working. Jimbo, you as a trainer, you have a certain relaxed, kind of uh, easygoing style. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what my routine is because I've always, I've always said I'm a Gemini, which is true. And there's really two Jimbos. There's the Taiwan Jimbo and there's the Jimbo that gets on the airplane that does work. And so up until 2020, <laughs> I was on the road 40% of the time and 80% of my end income came from being on the road. And so there was on the road Jimbo and he had very definite routines of what he did and didn't do. And then there was in Taiwan Jimbo. In Taiwan Jimbo was just kick back, relax. I don't have to really represent a brand here because I don't have a lot of clients here. And so I would be pretty lazy. I'll be honest with you. I was like feast or famine. Now with COVID, there's no feasting. <laughs> or maybe I should say it's all feasting and no famine. So so it's, it's, it's really screwed up my routine. And so for me, what it is, I'm driven by the creative spirit. And it's like every morning now when I wake up, I'll say, okay, what project am I working during the cracks of the day? So if I'm not delivering, if I'm not working on a on a client thing, what's the passion project? So like yesterday, I just finished uh, uh, rewriting a book. That's been what's driving me. So there's always some passion project that's driving me out of my complacency. What you're talking about is the routine and lack of routine. Now, for those who are listening to this in about two or three years time, we're currently going through the kind of the, the headiest part of the COVID-19 response. The interesting thing about this, talking about the kind of the world of work and how work is changing. I'm hearing from Florian, this kind of routine that you go through. And I ask all leaders the same thing about how they get from this sleeping dormant state into their mode of work. What you're talking about, Jimbo, is that work itself is changing for you. So you, you kind of don't know what work is going to be for you in a sense at the moment. 
Well, and, and one of the words that we use is uh, working from any wind. So they used to say work from anywhere, but now I can't, I can't work from anywhere. I have to work from home, right? And so I don't even have a choice in where I work. And so last night I was delivering in America till midnight. And today I, I took a nap uh, from one o'clock to two o'clock to make up for that because I've got to be able to work from any wind. Florian, I think you got something to add to that. Yeah, I think that was about to say with that change now and, and also clients accepting that we can work virtually, your routine might change a bit every day in that sense. But at the same time, it's also beautiful because it provides a lot of flexibility. It's interesting because, uh, I mean, this is the, you know, it's the British Chamber of Commerce. We're putting this podcast together. And one of the interesting things that the staff and I have discovered is that we are in many ways more efficient when we're not in the office. Now, I don't want to say the office doesn't have a place. I mean, I saw uh, Tim Cook, and this will timestamp it for some people, but Tim Cook talked about uh, wanting to get people back in and get the vibe and get the kind of the passion of getting people together in the same room. But obviously, there are, there are efficiencies of being remote locations that you lose as you get into an office. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, in a lot of sense, uh, work, working virtually is more efficient and sometimes also more productive for certain things. And at the same time, if you if you look at like the overall, let's say, productivity, but also cohesion of teams, there are certain non-efficient elements that are helpful and necessary to make, for example, a good team. And of course, they don't happen automatically in a virtual setting. I think that's where a part of that argument comes from. We have to go back to the office because there is just some stuff happening on a, on a personal connection level. I always emphasize this. It doesn't happen automatically in a virtual setting. And I also emphasize that you can make it happen also in a virtual environment. It's just that we cannot assume that it will happen in the same way as in the office environment, right? So, so I would say here, this, this is also the the trade-off and hopefully in the future we what we will have is that we have a choice and we can make informed decisions when we use what kind of format and also to see what is the advantage and disadvantage and what what trade-off are we willing to take i saw you two facilitated a very successful workshop that i was lucky to be uh, an attendee at uh, not so long ago talking about the future of work and there's an interesting document which we'll try to share with people as well I mean, the thing that came out of that was that people are changing, they're having to change, but also I think certain things were making people afraid. I, I take a very, very, very quick example. I, I went to a bank today and tried to transfer money from one account to another account, and it took me 35 minutes and I had to fill out about eight forms. Now, uh, in, in other places, in other locations, in other banks, that would have taken me about 10 seconds and I would have just done it with my phone. But the point being that different, uh, you know, different industries, different people, different people who, who interact with their processes. You said it, Florian, I think that people are afraid of the change or well, they get used to doing it a certain way, as Jimbo alluded to. Were there fears that came out of this changing work? Florian, I'll throw to you first. Well, um, some of the fears that as, as you said, um, there will be changes, which I think is a, is a good thing as well, because it's also an opportunity. And then, of course, that might lead to, first of all, bringing some people out of their comfort zone. And it, of course, it might also lead to um, a, a change in the way we do things and requires some unlearning and some relearning of, and some adaptations, basically, in the way we do things. Um, and of course, I can relate to you. You mentioned the example of the banking system here. They will keep running it until they have a compelling reason to do it differently. Uh, and, and maybe now with the recent development, it 
catalyzes their thinking about how to do this differently. And it's also not that we, we don't see other examples on the planet that how it might work differently. These are some like of the natural fears that might come up is it's, it's uncertainty. We don't know exactly what we have, what will happen. And maybe, maybe things are going to be uncomfortable or different or challenging for me. And I think that's a natural first reaction often to have. At the same time, I think it's inevitable. Some things will have to change. The thing that came up and, and comes up often, well, there's two, two pieces I see often mentioned. One is how can I manage performance if I'm not overseeing people, if I'm not standing behind them and looking at their screens and and if I don't see them punch in at nine o'clock and boy, if they went to lunch at 1220 instead of 1230, you know, uh, and so there's this it's 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 lazy uh, in my opinion it's it's lazy the way uh, conferences were lazy people work so hard to get to a conference just because it's easy once you're there um so there's this fear that if i am not an authority if i am not overseeing then hu human nature is such that people are going to to slack off and and everything's going to be bad so that's one fear I think the other fear, there was always in, in a lot of workshops that I ran in the past, there was a, a, a lot of questions about work-life balance, work-life balance. Now people are looking for life-work balance. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've got their kids with them. They, you know, all these things, oh, I don't spend enough time with my children. I don't spend all this stuff, you know. Now it's like, oh my God, I don't spend enough time with my clients. I don't spend enough time with my colleagues. Um what it really boils down to is mental health and is the workplace that you are managing as a leader, one that is fostering mental health and, you know, growth in your employees. Do you value, you know, the, the development of, of, of each employee's not competencies to deliver on a goal, but their, de their development as a human being. Um, and, and I think that the shift towards virtual is forcing people to also shift towards valuing about shifting the value of the human. And just one quick example of this, um, a year and a half ago, if you were on a conference call with someone and your child came into the, to the call, you would apologize. And you might even yell at your kid, daddy's working, you know, you know, you can't come in here now. I'm so sorry, everyone. You know, this is so unprofessional um, because I'm not a human. I am, I'm an office worker. I am, I am my job title. I am, this is all that you get of me. And this is all I should be. Now we are getting to know each other's children. We're seeing them on a day in day out basis. Hey, Caleb, how are you doing? Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. You drew that, you know, so we're becoming a part of each other's family's lives. And I think that's a more humane approach. Um, and so hopefully this, this acceleration that, you know, COVID is the great accelerator, um, that part of this acceleration is into how do we value not just the, not just the commitment to showing up on time and executing what you're told, but value your, your contribution as a human to the organization. Yeah, just that makes me now think of, so um, also what that might lead to in terms of changes is um, like value the contribution and, and, and also, so how do we, how do we make it visible and how do we also measure the contribution? Because in, in the past, it's very easy. You just watch when people clock in and clock out and you measure time. 
um, which doesn't necessarily tell you a lot about a contribution. It just tells you that somebody has been physically present somewhere. Um, but that might also be some changes that will be coming along in, in the sense of, so how do we, how do we know each other's contribution and also how do we become visible if we're not necessarily always in front of somebody. In today's episode, we talked about morning routines and how people get into their daily working process and their thoughts on the future of work. Stay tuned to the second part where we're going to take this further and talk about the value of learning and how leaders can be prepared for the future of work. You can listen to this podcast on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the British Chamber of Commerce in Taipei. You can also check out our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or you can head to our website, www.bcctaipei.com. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.